Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 87. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you, you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free and make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, check out our patron rewards. Follow that link to the patron site to check it out. Today, I speak with Tyler Cardwell. Tyler is a recent competitor on season two of America's Next Top Podcaster. If you're not checking that out, make sure that you do. Lots of cool podcasting tips and tricks. AmericasNextTopPodcaster.com. As I started to get to know Tyler through season two of America's Next Top Podcaster, I found out that he was a dad and I said, you know what? I got to have you on the show. Um, He's got a really interesting story. He has a couple of boys, um, one of which has ADHD. And so we talk about some of the uh, potential challenges that can come along with raising a child with ADHD and how important it is to take differences between your children into account when you raise them. First, we talk about what it's like raising two boys. I think it's it's hard because it's they're they're close to where they can get along, but then they're also close to where they're also into the same things, and so they're fighting over the same toys, you know, same Legos, same video games. So I don't know. It's interesting. We talk about what it was like when he found out that his oldest son has ADHD. You know, how much of it is ADHD, and how much of it is he's a five year old boy who wants to just go outside and play. And we talk about how communication is such a key part of how he raises his boys. I'm definitely still the dad and they're the kid and they have to listen to me as because I'm an adult and they're they're still learning about the world, but I definitely want to have that kind of conversation of like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you have questions about these, you know, about whatever situation it is? Here's my conversation with Tyler Cardwell. Tyler Cardwell, thank you for being on the Dad Chronicle tonight. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun getting to know you a bit, Tyler. Um, we got to know each other through season two of America's Next Hot Podcast, or a show that um, I was involved with in season one and, and continuing to be involved with in season two. And you're a contestant there. Um, so you are a fellow podcaster, and and uh, this is, uh, I'm sure, a little different being on this side of the microphone. Um, but uh, But thanks so much for being here and sharing a little bit of context around your experience as a dad. So do you want to introduce yourself to the, to the folks at home who may not know who you are? Sure. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm on America's next top podcaster for season two. Uh, I have, uh, I'm, I have two podcasts of my own and then there's a third one that I am kind of, I'm, it's a D and D podcast and I basically just appear every, every week. So it's it only takes an hour of my time. Love but, it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a day job and I'm also a parent of two. Very cool. Yeah. And, and so uh, tell tell me about your family situation. So you have two kids. You're married, right? Yes. Pretty, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Married to two boys. So my oldest uh, turned eight this year and my youngest is six. Okay. Nice. Uh, nice couple yeah. years in between. Um, my wife and I are, you know, God willing, uh, hoping to have a second at some point and uh, similar spread more like, you know, three years apart. Aria is, uh, is two and a half now, but um, how is that age difference between the boys? You know, it's, I think it's, it, it's hard because it's, they're, they're close to where they can get along, but then they're also close to where they're also into the same things. And so they're fighting over the same toys, you know, the same Legos, same video games. So I don't know. It's interesting. So, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to touch on quite a bit today is the topic of how to raise um, a child with ADHD. Do you, do you want to share a bit of context around um, which one of your children has ADHD and is it the oldest or the youngest? Um, and, you know, I guess how, how you guys 
diagnose that? Yeah. So it was my oldest who has the diagnosis and we noticed it when he was going into preschool. Uh, the teachers were kind of, you know, you know, Hey, maybe next time you talk to your doctor, maybe look at, you know, you know, look at these kinds of things, you know, these things and maybe look at it, you know, they potentially have a diagnosis there. And so we took him to a doctor and he said, yeah, it's a very mild form of ADHD. So he just has, you know, for us, it's, uh, I, I'm not the first, I'm not a, the kind of person who wants to jump on medications. I don't have any problems with me- medications or anything, but I just don't, I also want to keep in mind he's, you know, I think at the time he was like five. So it's like, you know, he's a five-year-old. He's in a boring, you know, he's, he's never been to preschool before. So he's got to focus on the teachers. He has to adhere to the structures that he's never adhered to before. You know, how much of it is ADHD and how much of it is he's a five-year-old boy who wants to just go outside and play, play with toys and play with video games and play with friends, not just sit and learn. Yeah. So it's kind of that balance. And so we never, we haven't done any uh, prescription medication. Uh, we, so, and that's worked so far for us. Um, we, the last year we've started, we've introduced a, uh, it's a powder, it's called Nature's Calm. And so that kind of helps. Um, I, I don't know how much of it for him is like placebo, but it seemed to help him stay focused at school and it's something we're still working on uh today like he he he's very smart in you know he he's high reading level high uh high comprehension in math but he will when it comes time for tests he will uh especially in math he will rush through the answers Mm -hmm. and not necessarily pay attention to you know is that a a minus symbol is a subtract subtraction symbol and he just blazes through it so he can be the first one done. And it's like, no, dude, you got to slow down. You know this stuff. This is, you know, we, we know you know this, but you just got to kind of focus yourself. Yeah. So that's the, the struggle we have right now. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a good handle on it. Just just the fact that he's not on medication, by the way, that's fantastic um, and, and amazing because a lot of the times that is really what it what's required to kind of bring kids into that fold. I know a lot of other folks who are um, kind of doing that, that uh, more natural approach. Um, what are some of the reasons that, you know, you're, you're wanting to stay away from the medication and, and how did you guys come together? You, and when I say you guys, like you and your wife mm-hmm. kind of come together and, and make that decision, like what were some of the the factors? Well, I mean, the, I think the big one is, um, I, I know for me, I, I had a friend in high school who was on Ritalin and he's always told me like, once he got off of it, he, you know, it, he felt so much better. Uh, I have a, a, a lady who I work with who has a son who's a couple years younger. I think he's about a year younger than my oldest and he has ADHD in a more severe form. And she was actually just telling me last week that, uh, he, she took him off of the meds and she feels like there's he's so much you know, like his personality came back and so i've only i've 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 only really heard the horror stories and i don't i also like it's it's uh i don't want to discount science and and medicine because i'm i'm a you know i'm a, full, true, a believer in medicine and doctors and but you know i, I it, it but it comes down to it, you know, what is working. It's a, for us, it's a very mild form. And yeah. so we kind of just came together and it's like, you know, 
it's you know it, it, we 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 focused first on trying to you know adjust behavior on our end and and team up with his teachers you know to kind of hey you know here are some things that we we can both be doing as teachers and the parents to kind of uh you know, you know just a, you know extra little hand holding and you know a, it's it's a, a lot of it is how you approach things with him and um you can't just uh, i'm just trying to think of the right way to phrase things yeah. but um but you know it's it's partnering with the teachers and finding things that work for him that may not work for gen- the general student audience students yeah one. that's actually it's it's um what you're talking about right now with teachers especially being a big catalyst in supporting your children who have ADHD if i think about when i was in elementary school I had friends who had sort of developmental issues, you know, in the form mm-hmm. of ADHD or or just simply atten- attention deficit disorder, um, you know, which I had. And, and teachers play a huge role in setting kids up in an environment where they will be successful in this case. So mm-hmm. what sort of ways have you worked with teachers? You know, if I were to think about a parent listening to this, for instance, who's who's struggling with their child, uh, maybe in a similar situation, what ways could they engage with their teachers to uh, to to try to set their kids up for success? Yeah, I, and like I said, you know, it's a very mild form, but for, with my son, but uh, you know, a lot of it just making the teachers aware of it, and so you know, so now he's most of the time he sits up front where the te- you know he's close to the teacher. He can't, he's not as distracted easily. Um, at home, you know, we kind of there's a lot, a little bit more. I think reminding him of and um, setting expectations. I, I've noticed that kind of helps too. Where we will, you know, I'll pick them up from, I'll pick my boys up from school, and on the drive home, I'll be like, okay, just you know, remember, we're gonna go, we're gonna go home, we're gonna do our chores, we're gonna, you guys got how homework you guys have to finish, and kind of setting those expectations. I think also helps. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. Expectation and communication, um, or I guess I should say, expectation setting and communication mm-hmm. is so key there um, that I, I think that a lot of people overlook what a, a just a conversation with your kid, mm-hmm. the, the power that that has. Right? Like if I if I yeah. just think about Aria, like if she freaks out about something, sometimes just taking a second to explain it to her uh, makes a huge difference. So um, yeah, does yeah, that definitely. does that tend to work with your oldest? Yeah, and um, yeah, I've I've always tried to talk to, to talk to my kids on a level that we're we're kind of on the same page. We're on the same level. Um, I I'm definitely still the dad, and they're the kid, and they have to listen to me as because I'm an adult, and they're they're still learning about the world. But I definitely want to have that kind of conversation of like, hey, what do you think about this? What um, do you have questions about these? You know about whatever situation it is. Um, I don't want to, you know, talk down to them. I, I've, I've seen other parents where they're just like, you know, go, go play, go do this, go, you know, just giving orders. And that's, I don't want to do that. I, I want to, my, my goal as a dad is to raise the kids to be functioning and hopefully good people, uh, you know, good adults. So uh, talking down to them and just, 
is isn't going to isn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah, the there's a a lot of patience that goes into that, right? Like if I think yeah. about the the situation that you just explained, it's so easy as a parent to be like, yeah, go play, go go uh go watch TV, go play, go do something in the other room where yeah. you're not giving me a headache. And and that's because that's the easy thing to do is uh, especially when you're it's a like as a when they're like toddlers and they're getting into things and you're just like I just want five minutes of rest just go sit in front of the TV and that's the easy thing to do but that's not setting them up for success in the long run yeah so how do you tap into that especially in your situation certainly your 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 oldest son has a mild form of ADHD but how are you tapping into that patience and how do you exercise patience in uh in those situations with your son where certainly he might not like you know respond immediately like maybe some other kids do yeah i mean for my oldest he's actually at this point very good um he might be distracted in terms of like if the tv is on and we tell him to go hey you need to go take a shower you need to go do you know hey it's time to go do something else and he's just kind of glued in on the tv he might take a couple of uh, you know, a couple of times saying, Hey, you know, are you listening? But I, you know, try not to let my, any kind of anger come through. It's, you know, it's just kind of, Hey, you know, uh, reminder here, here, I'm still here. You know, you still have to do your thing. Um, my youngest though, he's, um, he's a little bit more of a kind of fiery temper. So okay. he's the one I really, who really tests my patience though. So, um, cause he will, he, he wants his, everything to be his way. And, uh, so like if, uh, I don't know, say he, he, he threw the control, he was playing video games during video game time and he threw the controller on the ground cause he was frustrated at the, at, you know, he lost or died or whatever. And it's like, okay, well now you, you know, you can't treat the controller that way. You need to go to your room. So he's already a little bit upset. And so now me taking away video games and sending him to his room, get some extra worked up. And so now, whatever I say, he's going to want to do the opposite. Yeah. And so it's like, and so if I let it, we can have a, a standoff of me just standing there and saying, you need to go to your room right now or else I'm going to take away a toy. And he'll say no. And okay, well, now I'm going to take away two toys. You need to go to your room. And we can sit there and build and build and build and I'll take away every toy that he has or whatever the, the punishment that I'm adding on to and he'll just sit there and go no no i refuse and all he has to do is go to his room and calm down for five minutes mm -hmm. um, he knows that but he he'd rather just be defiant and uh you know push push back on every on everything so Dude, he's the on fun you. one like, and that, that's yeah. seriously that i j just real quick like that's freaking uh, your your demeanor right now just kind of yeah he's testing your patience but uh, holy cow like it sounds like you're kind of standing stalwart one of the things that i hate seeing people do as parents mm -hmm. is they make empty threats like oh, don't yeah. don't yeah. tell your kid you're going to take the thing away and then not take yeah. the thing away you know like and that's hard it's really hard to sit here and, and say that like we've all been mm -hmm. in a position i'm sure where we haven't followed through on the thing with our kid i know that i have yep. but i i like 99 of the time I, I really try not to be that parent so how are you able to follow through on some of those promises you're making your kids uh well i mean for the well the, the big thing is to start with is don't promise something you can't deliver uh you know don't say i'm gonna like i don't know something outrageous like oh you know what i'm gonna call the police and the police are gonna come and <laughs> talk to you like you can't 
unless you're willing to do that and waste the police time, you know, you don't, don't threaten that because uh, over time, maybe not the first few times, but eventually the kids are going to test, test where those boundaries are. Where is dad actually going to stop? And um, so uh, one of the things that one of the the kind of threats that I've made and I think has worked uh, pretty well is uh, he'll refuse to listen, refuse to obey my youngest. And so I was like, you know what, if these are the rules of this house, if you don't like the rules of my, of, you know, of my house, then maybe you should go, maybe you should go, maybe you should find a new family or something like, uh, cause this is, these are the rules of this house. Uh, and so like, I've actually gotten to the point where it's like, I've, I've put him on the front porch and shut the door and, uh, wow. you know, he just, and he doesn't go anywhere. He'll he stands there and he like, immediately is like, okay, I, you know, I'm, this is real now. I don't want to go out. You know, I don't want to be out here anymore. And I'll, I'll, I'll give him like a minute and I'll, I'll stand there next to the door and I'll, no, make sure that you know yeah. he didn't run off or somebody didn't come up and snatch him. But um, and then I'll open the door and I'll and I'll I'll open up like the the door, but leave the like the storm door shut and be like you know have a conversation through the storm door before it's like are you going to calm down? Are you going to are you going to listen? And then we'll come inside and we'll have a, a you know a good five minute heart to heart conversation yeah. about why I did that and why you know, what I expect of him. And, and that seems to work really well. Like he's, uh, uh, even like, uh, after the, after I did that, he went and told his teachers at school and the teachers are like, Hey, that worked. Like, you know, it's like, that's actually pretty, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like he's got a little bit of a, of a hard head. Is that you or your wife? That's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to listen to this and you're going to get in a lot of trouble. No, she knows. And and I try not, that's, I try, we both know, we both acknowledge that that comes from her. And I try not to, I don't want to be that parent that's like, you know what your kid did? He's doing the, you know, whenever it's negative, it's, you know, your kid. But when it's positive, it's my kid. Right. You know, I, I never want to do that stuff because that's not fair. No, of course. But, yeah. Um, that's, uh... so, so no, she, she acknowledges it. She's aware of it. And it's something that we work on together. And sometimes she'll take the, when she's being very hard headed, that's something that she kind of has bonded with him a little bit about. Cause she'll sit down and be like, Hey, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm, I do the same thing. Uh, you know, and, and they've even seen her, you know, so, you know, every parent gets upset and they've seen her get upset. And so she can kind of use that to, it's like, you know, you know, you, uh, use that to relate to the kid and be like, you, you know, I, I, I do this sometimes too. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so profound, right? Like you don't have to be some godlike state to your kid. You really mm-hmm. don't like, certainly you can be somebody that they look up to and that's really important. Um, somebody that they try to emulate, but shoot, we want our kids to, to be better than us. Um, I, I hope Aria is not like me a hundred percent or my wife a hundred percent. I hope she becomes her own person and takes the best qualities that we have and, and, uh, and really makes the most out of it. Um, so, you know, one thing that, uh, that you and I spoke about as we were prepping for this episode is that, you know, a big mission of yours as a parent is to make sure that your kids end up as really just uh, good good human beings productive human beings um it, it, you know out there in the world when they leave the nest they are ready to go and, and you've done your job in raising them 
Um, what mm-hmm. are some of those th- those qualities that you want your boys to take away when they leave the house? Well, I mean, independence is a big one because, uh, I mean, depending on financial situations, you know, there's, that's the the, the the kind of stereotype of, oh, you know, there's a 30-year-old who lives with his parents. Um, the, obviously, financial things can factor into that, but ideally, it'd be nice if when they're ready and financially stable, they're able to they're able they're able to move out on their own and it's not because they aren't uh, i don't know what the right phrasing is but you know they're not mentally capable of being on their own i want to make sure they're able to do that and comfort being comfortable with being out on their own um that's that's something where uh, you know it, it it's and i think that starts with little things like i'll it, it will be at a restaurant and we're fairly close to the, where the restroom is, or, you know, I'm, I'm within eyeline of the restroom and one of them needs to go to the restroom and it's like, okay, well you can go by yourself. Like it's, it, it, you know, no, nothing's going to happen between here and the restroom. And, um, you know, obviously something could potentially happen inside the, the closed door of the restroom, but I, you, you can't, I, I do, you can't helicopter them forever. Yeah. You're giving so them that it's, opportunity. It's, it's those little things like that yeah um and you know assuming they're acting good um we we went on a, a disney cruise uh two years ago and so there's a lot more flexibility there where it's like it's not like he, he can't get off the ship so i'm more comfortable with him walking all the way across the restaurant where the restroom is and stuff like that so it's it's kind of you know playing it depending on the situation and being and being independent is probably one of the big ones. Sure. Sure. Now that that's really important. Um, some kids are born with that independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aria is a really good example of that. She's like, nah, just like, you know, I got it. I'll go do my own thing. Were, were your kids born with that independence or have you had to bring that forward and, and help teach that? I think, uh, my oldest, he's, he's more shy like me when I was younger yeah, uh, where I kind of have to push him, especially like if to talk to, uh, uh, you know, strangers or talk to new people or especially adults. Uh, but my youngest, he's, he's totally like, Oh, I'll talk to whoever. Um, the, my boys threw a ball over the fence. And so they had to go and talk, you know, we took him next door to talk to the, you know, knocking the doorbell. And, hey, I threw a ball over the fence. And my oldest was like freaked out, didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to the stranger, but my youngest was like, I just want my ball. Can I'll talk to the stranger. Like he wasn't even the one who threw it, but he's like, Hey, can I get, can I get the ball out of your backyard? And it was just, so yeah, my youngest is definitely more, more brave, I guess, or whatever the right word for that would be. Interesting. Outgoing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And this is another example of how the kids are so different. And even yeah. thinking back to your, you know, you would think that, uh, your your son with ADHD in a, in a very um, stereotypical sense would be the hard headed one that is really hard to uh, to to raise and and X Y Z all the stereotypes that you hear about kids with with um, you know that sort of situation. But you know your your son is really hard headed. <laughs> your 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 second son is really hard headed and and yeah. is certainly more challenging in in other ways. Um, so so I think it's really important. For, for parents hearing this who may be in a similar situation to realize every kid is different. And that's yep. such a, that's such like a simple thing to say that you hear everybody saying, Oh, every kid mm-hmm. is unique, but you know yeah. what? 
that's it's so important in this case, especially when raising two very distinctly different kids. So yeah, um, the the one piece of advice I gave to my sister who just had a uh, her son and her with, her with her husband just turned one, uh, but when she got pregnant, I was um, I told okay here's my here's my one piece of advice or my my big piece of advice. Everyone is going to give you advice. You know, listen to all of it, but you don't don't listen. But you don't have to do everything they're going to tell you. Like you're going to get contradictory things. You're going to you're going to get stuff that will not work for your kid. You know, figure out what works for you, and don't feel bad that you found a solution because there's a lot of things with like uh, breastfeeding. There's a lot of you know, it's it. You need to do it absolutely, no matter what. And there's other people who are like, well, it doesn't really work in our situation. Yeah. So it's like find and and if you don't. Especially for moms, I think, you know, if, if uh, they're not able to breastfeed, then they kind of, it's, it's, it's a, feels like a feels like they're not, they're not, yeah, it's, they're not able to provide for their, the, the right. well-being of their kid. And that's a big deal for, for new moms. Was your, was your and wife, like, uh, did she breastfeed? Uh, we tried to, but we, but uh, just couldn't, it just didn't work out. Same for, with Deanna. Um, yeah. Same, same thing. Yeah. Here. So is it? Yeah. So it and and then there was definite and I'm speaking for my wife now, but you know there was that kind of guilt, um, especially because her yeah. aunt is a lactation nurse, but like her specialty is is that. So she's very much like, are you know how much are you how much are you able to get, are you able to get out in terms of volume? How often are you doing it? How is the latch going? You know she had all these like questions and wanted to know, and finally just had to like kind of break it to her. It's like. It's not working. We've tried, we've tried, you know, we we pumped as as much as we could, but it's not coming out as enough. And we just we have to go to formula. It's the it's we're driving ourselves crazy trying to make this happen, and it's not working. How did she and handle that so, when you told her that? Like, was she supportive or what? Um, I think she was. You know, it's one of those things. Like, she's she's distant in terms of she's not nearby, so it was all like over text and stuff. So it's kind of hard to read, but. Um, I think she, you know, I think there's a little bit of disappointment just because, you know, she was hoping that they would be able to pump for, you know, X amount of months and, and all the, you know, she had, she had kind of, she, I think she had some expectations. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, this is our kid. We right. have to make the decisions that are best for us. And once we went to formula though, it was so, so much easier. We're like, yes. how, why didn't we? we shouldn't have tried to push it this far. We should have tried gone to formula much sooner for, you know, for our situation. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we as parents, and this is where, you know, uh, us, uh, when I say us, like you and me in our situations where we're the husbands, we're the spouse of yeah. the partner, uh, who's having the baby, uh, can be a real, it could be really powerful for us to just simply give the permission. So if I, if I think about like Deanna, she didn't need my permission, obviously like she's her own woman. Mm -hmm. She has her own body. Not, not that my permission mattered whatsoever, but I very distinctly remember when she was struggling so much with, and we talked about this on the show before, but it's worth reiterating, like when she was struggling with the latching and then, you know, she was like, I feel like a cow. I'm just sitting here constantly being milked. And, mm -hmm. uh, and she was like, do you care if I, you know, stop doing this and we just switched to formula? And I was like, it's your body. Like, sure. Like, are, and, and she was obviously miserable. So just having that it, being a supportive partner, um, 
again, not that you need to give them permission because it's their body, but it's it's also just simply being supportive as that mm-hmm. partner is so empowering. And also, in that same sense, when they feel the the tremendous uh, like like pressure from society or from family members, the judgment, the quote you know quote unquote judgment that they might feel like it's so important to just help shield them from that and then also help be supportive during that you know what i mean yeah definitely i mean i at once we've switched to formula it actually added some work on on my part but i could actually i felt like i could actually help contribute more it's like okay well now i can she can stay asleep i can get up in the middle of the night and you know take a shift of feeding and you know i'm actually I'm doing something that's not just going to work every day and then helping out whenever I can at home. I yeah. Mean, I, I, yeah. And that took a huge, that was a huge load off of, of, of her shoulders. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to end the show um, with just some words of wisdom. So, you know, if I think about you've actually, you brought a lot of great experience here to this show before we started recording, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm an expert on this, but uh, you know, one of the things I said, I was like, dude, you're living it, man. Like what a great experience to share. Um, and you've mm-hmm. shared a really great experience, a genuine experience of somebody who is raising very two different, two very different kids, um, uh, with different wants and needs, um, so, some ways to handle ADHD. Um, you know, if your child has ADHD, if you were to provide some words of wisdom to a parent listening to this, who may be in a similar situation to you, what would that? Uh, what would those words of wisdom be? I mean, I, I think it would probably be uh, every, every situation is different. Every kid is different, uh, but find what works for you, and don't feel bad that you found something that works if if it's unconventional. Yeah, so so important. It goes right back to that thing, like you know, you gotta you gotta shut some people out, and you have to know your gut, man. You gotta mm-hmm. know your gut. Um, so before we end the show, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the folks at home a little bit about the projects that you're a part of, um, including sure. America's Next Top Podcaster. So why don't you uh, take a moment to pimp your stuff? Cool. Yeah, America's Next Top Podcaster season two. Uh, it's totally better than season one. Oh. I can. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, you guys are great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. No, uh, um, but if you want to hear more of my stuff, if you go to the website club.fail, that's the kind of group that I'm a part of uh, with my friends and I. Uh, two of the two of the shows are podcasts, and I'm heavily involved with uh, both of those. One of them is uh, just a, a talk show called Talking Fail, and it's me and my, my friends and my brother just chat about whatever every week. And then the other one is the discographers, where uh, myself and another friend, we go dive deep into... Uh, we Basically, we pick an artist or a band, and we just start... We, each month, we'll talk about one album and just talk about the music theory behind it, the history of why this, you know, what was the band's mindset behind what, you know, band's mindset when they were making the album and what the album means for, uh, you know, the that time in the band's career. And then we'll talk about each of the tracks that are on the album. Um, and that's about, you know, about two hours of each episode each month. And then uh, Nerdy People Play Dun- Nerdy People Play D&D is the D&D podcast that I've, I'm a part of. Great. And uh, yeah, America's Next Top Podcaster.com. Go listen to uh, Tyler. Yep. It was great to meet you on that and uh, certainly hope to stay in touch. Um, and uh, again, our guest today, uh, bringing a ton of wisdom, 
It was Tyler Cardwell. Thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thanks again to Tyler for sharing a really fun story, a really fun conversation. Uh, Always good talking to another fellow dad who's really passionate about making this world a better place by, hey, you know, you leave your your kids behind. They got to be high functioning members of society. And you know what? We play a huge part in making that happen as parents. So thank you again, Tyler. And everybody at home, make sure you check out the work that Tyler does. And again, you can check him out over at americasnextoppodcaster.com. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and consider supporting this show. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link there to become a patron. So we have a lot of really awesome patron rewards. And it's because of our patrons that we are able to make this show possible. So if you would like to become a patron and support this show, find one of those uh, those patron levels that you really jive with and that you would really like to um, submit some money into. And that helps tremendously in the production of this show. And if you'd like to chime in on the conversation, email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on social media at Alex Albisu. My last name is spelled A-L-B as in boy, I-S as in Sam, U. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.